we've heard do strings, our speaker today, and I'm going to read his bio because it's it's really nice. Um, Lance Howard is an author, he's a recording artist, and we've had the opportunity, I know Laurel and several of us have been at his, his uh, openings of his, pod, of his recordings and his uh, concerts, and they've been really awesome. Uh, he's a recording artist, a podcaster, and a life coach who focuses on human identity, purpose, manifestation, and their correlation to leadership, team development, and organizational culture. He's published two books, Music Everywhere and the Identity Process, and a new book that'll be available um, mid-winter of 2022, titled The Shadow of the Self. He has two audio singles and a new EP release, which is amazing, by the way, <laughs> and available on Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Music. And his uh, brand is THC, the healing... Oh, healing Voice. The Healing THB. Voice. Oh, THB. Okay. The Healing Voice. So uh, today, Lance has got an amazing talk. So please give him a nice welcome, Lance Howard. <laughs> Morning, thank you. Morning, Liz. Morning. So the title of my talk is The Sacred Unity of Divinity. <laughs> and it's about how when we understand the divine feminine and the divine masculine, um, how they bring balance to our lives. They awaken our dreams and they empower our success. I had a whole PowerPoint presentation ready, but the projector and the computer didn't really want to talk to one another so i was excited about that too there were some nice images on there <laughs> i wanted to share with you guys before i get into this talk too deeply i'd like to take you through another a different meditation than the music one so what i'm going to ask you to do is settle down again we're going to close our eyes and I'm going to ask you to just breathe and I always like to demonstrate breathing and it, it looks something like this where if you were to place your hand here you can feel that your stomach feels filled like a balloon before the chest rises right so we're not chest breathing we're breathing in the diaphragm so if I had to just show you three very fast breaths it would look like this Right, so I can feel my stomach expand first, and from there, the rest of the body fills from the bottom up. All right, so when I say breathe, this is what I'm asking you to do, is to breathe from the stomach, not fast necessarily, let it rise to the top. We're gonna do that 10 times together, okay? So here we go, breathing in nice and full from the stomach, and just letting go, not releasing fully, just letting go. And then breathing in fully, and then letting go. Very gentle. Breathing in fully. And letting go. Again, in fully. Again. And just settle into your breath. Breathing in fully. Three more on your own, just continue. As you do this, just be aware of your thoughts. That thoughts are coming and going. Your mind is your house. 
Your mind is your house. Thoughts come and go, but don't allow thoughts to come in and stay like unwelcome visitors, right? Staying too long. Keep breathing. Realize all thoughts are coming to you. They are coming into your presence. Like cars passing by, they come and go. Like planes flying overhead, they come and go. Like things floating down the river, thoughts come and go. They enter your presence and then they leave. Who are you that all things come to you and therefore you get to choose to give attention to them or not? This is your power. Keep breathing. Divine sovereign power. So see thoughts for what they are, things which are coming and going and are therefore separate from you. You don't have to touch them or get involved or become entangled with them. And this places you in your true sovereignty. Stay here nice and peaceful, deep breathing. When we observe thoughts coming and going, this is the nature of meditation. Into concentration. Concentration is just meaning coming to a single thought, singleness of thought. So stay in your zone, your peaceful place, keep breathing, consciously breathing. So we're letting go of thoughts and we're, we're, we're setting them aside. We're setting aside burdens. We've talked about a little bit about chaos this morning. We're setting all of that aside. We're going to leave all these things under your chair. And they'll be safe there and ready for you to pick them up later. Be empty. No shape, no forms, no what's next, no self-image, no attachment or projection. No longer use the mind to imagine or visualize. Just remain conscious of your breathing. Nice and deep and full, letting thoughts pass silent and empty, one with sacred breath, stay right here and right now. Simply be aware. Be aware of your awareness. Try that. Be aware of your awareness. Place your attention on your attention. Be conscious of your consciousness. Everyone knows what a car is and you most likely drove here. So with your eyes closed and without using words, say car. Without using words, with your eyes closed, say car. Say it within yourself. Don't answer any of these questions. Okay, I'm gonna ask you some things, but I don't want an answer. You're answering within yourself. You already said car within yourself. Now you're going to answer this. Did you hear you say car? What voice was that? How did you say it without opening your mouth and making a sound? How did you hear it if there was no sound? If there was no sound, but you heard yourself say it, with what ears did you hear it? And from what place were you able to hear the inaudible sound?
What kind of speech is there without sound? What kind of hearing is there without physical ears? And who said it? Who heard it? When you said car, did you also see a car? What kind of seeing is there where eyes are not necessary? And who saw it? Who knew it was even possible? Who decided to do this? You knew that you could do it and there was no doubt. Think of a wonderful event that happened in your past or one you expect to see in the future. Can you see it? Can you feel the feeling of being there? Maybe you can smell certain elements of it. This is sight that is beyond time. True sight, not limited physical sight. You can see the past and the future without your physical eyes. You can speak and taste without a physical tongue. You can hear without physical ears, smell without a physical nose, touch without physical hands. These are things that are not physically here, but exist, or else you could not see, speak, hear, smell, taste, and touch them. You can sense things beyond time. This is true sense, capital T, capital S, true sense. Not sense that is limited to physical experience. You can create, manifest, and therefore experience anything you choose. You can bring the ethereal into the physical, as simple as making a cake or gardening and harvesting, any creative or artistic work is creation or manifestation. You can see, speak, hear, smell, taste, and touch it in your mind in another dimension and then manifest it physically. When you realize all is mind, you realize just as easily as the thought manifests in another dimension, the thought can manifest in this physical one. You are greater than this physical existence, for the physical is limited. It's limited to here and now, but you know that you can go to places and do things beyond this time and place. Realize that attention and choice or conscious awareness is you, raw, energetic, intelligent, self-sufficient power. Without saying words, without using words, say peace. Say it within yourself. Say, I make peace. I make peace with, and you get to choose what you like to make peace with right now. No fighting, no stress, no dissonance, no tension, no war, no disharmony, no resistance, only peace. I make peace with. Can you feel peace? Take two more deep breaths and then let's come back together in this physical space. You have heard the physically inaudible. You've you heard the ear with ears that are not physical. You've spoken with an inaudible voice. 
you have seen without physical eyes. You've created an environment of peace from nothing but the pure, your own pure, affectionate desire. And you intuitively knew it was possible. No one had to teach you. You did it from a sacred place within. And if you'd like, you can pick up all your worries that you left under your chair. That was just a, an example of, it's going to help us connect some dots later in this talk about the balance of the masculine and the feminine. I'll be able to refer back to you using those powers that you just did, okay? There's a, there's a deep cry for self-knowledge in our world, and I call it the identity crisis. <laughs> it's the inevitable search for meaning. At, at the core of this search is the existential question, who am I and what am I here to do? And when the individual can answer these questions in truth, we can transform our society one person at a time. The identity crisis is the personal and global matrix of not knowing oneself and the negative results that self-ignorance naturally brings. The illusion that you are your body, your thoughts, and your relationships. The identity crisis is the result of self-ignorance and self-ignorance leads to disrespect and dishonor of oneself and therefore the community because the way we treat another is a revelation of how we care for our own self. Self-ignorance unconsciously produces self-hate and self-hate spills hate onto others, even if secretively or unintentionally. Social confusion and political agendas and emotional uprising are results of the identity crisis. Our frustration is the invitation to find the hidden treasure of who we are. Our frustration is the invitation to find the hidden treasure of who we are. Mm -hmm. So the frustration is the opportunity. It's difficult for us to properly connect to our respective masculine and feminine energies because we are not taught the value of such things or even that they exist and so instead we abuse masculinity and we abuse femininity again this is the result of self-ignorance when we don't know ourselves we will find a way to manipulate others in order to get attention or to feel safe or to feel superior which in turn boosts our esteem and our confidence but that is through our ego Right? It's not true self-esteem. It's not true confidence. It is esteem and confidence that is completely dependent upon what others think or how they act or how they treat us. It is a complete giving away of our power to the varying, unstable, undependable, unpredictable opinion and attention of others. Right? The result is less and less self-esteem, less and less confidence in exchange for a quick rise of happy hormones, right? Like it feels good, right? Dopamine, oxytocin, <clears throat> serotonin, endorphins. It feels good in the moment, but not when those hormones die down. And so this trade easily becomes habitual and addictive and the person loses touch with who they truly are. And the cure for the emotional uprising and addictive nature of the identity crisis is self-knowledge not merely knowledge but understanding and not merely understanding 
but the experience and not simply a one-time event, but a sacred connection that you can tap into whenever you choose on demand. <laughs> and that's what our meditation showed, right? I asked you to do certain things and to hear and to see, and you intuitively knew how to do it. That's, you can do it on demand whenever you desire. You can go into that sacred space and get to understand the depth of who you are, how great and magnificent you are. Both masculine and feminine are prone to the influence and expression of the ego. And it's silly, to, it's silly to say feminine rule is better than masculine rule. And probably more silly to say masculine rule is better than feminine rule. To even talk of a rule as if it should be patriarchal or matriarchal is ego talk. Ego talk is ignorance, self-ignorance the proverbial darkness and as our meditation shows us we can rise above the ego we can exit darkness and come into illumination and it's not difficult it's not difficult to go there i'd like to give some context to this through one of earth's uh, greatest myths or archetypal stories found in genesis chapter one and from from there i'll break it down so we can knowledgeably understand why we're in the predicament we're in and how we how who we are holds the answer to our peace satisfaction and fulfillment in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and this three-letter word is a big word right as i go through this we'll actually define god Okay, so now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light was good and separated light from darkness. So we have the beginning of duality here, right? Heaven and earth. Now we're separating light from darkness. And light was called day and darkness was called night and there was evening and there was morning and there was a vault between the waters and the waters and god called the vault sky there was evening and morning and the second day god made two great lights the greater light to rule the day we know that as the sun and the lesser light to rule the night we call that the moon and God saw that it was good. Okay. So we have heaven and earth, light and dark, day and night, masculine and feminine. These are all polar expressions of one energy, the three letter word, the singularity, God. And if we focus too much on the duality, masculine and feminine, sun and moon, we miss the point. The point capital T capital P it's back to the one energy the three-letter word the point okay one energy the point everything is born out of sacred unity that's another way of translating the three-letter word I mean that from ancient Hebrew and ancient Aramaic somehow we received the word God but it can be translated sacred unity. The one energy that which we have called God 
Our physical world is distilled from a greater dimension of pure harmony, and it is your birthright. It is your birthright. It is your birthright to be consciously aware and utilize that. It is your birthright to be consciously aware and utilize that rather than arguing over our diversity as demanded by the ego. So God said, let's make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock and the wild animals and over all the creatures. So God created man in his own image. Okay, I'm going to pause there for a moment to say, God said, let's create humans, okay, to rule over nature. And But the ego has caused us to try to find ways to rule over one another. So God created them in his image, male and female. He created them. Be beautiful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Okay, so it's your birthright to be consciously aware and utilize the one energy, sacred unity, and to rule over the earth with that as kings and queens. The ancient term Adam, it sounds more like Adam, is the assimilated expression of universal consciousness, sacred masculine. And the word is translated actually as mankind or humanity. So Adam, from a three-dimensional perspective, is a man, but from the I'm just going to say the one true dimension that matters. Adam represents humanity. Adam is us. We are the assimilated expression of universal consciousness, sacred masculine. Adam is the epitome of stillness and contentment, and that is the true reality of who and what Adam is, also translated as humanity. Adam is the, is the earth being through whom the divine essence or true reality flows. That's you. You are the earth being through whom the divine essence or true reality flows. Adam shall be a living reflection of I am, an individual and enfleshed consciousness which contains, expresses, and reveals sacred unity. They will possess the full ability to portray the totality of the divine qualities consciously as well as contain the awareness of all life forms. That's a translation of let's make man in our image. So God, the sacred diverse one, shaped and formed Adam, a heaven and earth being, as its own reflection, drawing from its own essence, male and female, as well as every other opposite, light and dark, remembrance and forgetfulness, consciousness and unconsciousness, ripe and unripe, as coupled modes or ways of experiencing existence. Naturally, these qualities are embedded in humans and have unique expressions in male and female. One is innocent yet obvious and embodies the memory of the origin of things. The other is innocent yet subtle, desiring the new, okay? Masculine and feminine. 
humans can concentrate the pure juice of the wine of universality or go off on their own tangent and become lost in forgetfulness of their origin and source. That's another translation of these simple words. God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created them male and female. Every That long bit about understanding how they both work, and the innocence and obviousness, and the subtlety, and the wine of universality. Again, it'd be so easy if you could actually see it, but I read our like typical English translation, and then I gave you what I call the THV translation, which is my own work. <clears throat> Adam is the individual expression of pure mind. Again, Adam is humanity. It's you. The individual expression of the core of beingness. The individual expression of the source. The individual expression of the sacred space. Right? That space you were able to enter into and begin to see and picture. And you are the individual and physical representation of all of that power that you, had, you have access to within the image or reflection of God is not an issue of physicality as much as an issue of the power of creative possibility, an issue of the mind, an issue of the spirit. Everything in the physical world is a distilling of the one energy into individual form. The power of creative possibility is your birthright. It is who and what you are. So Adam can be translated as humanity, human, humankind, mankind, and man. There's an ancient phrase, son of man, that refers to human identity in the archetype Adam. Son of man can be translated as child or descendant of Adam. Now try to take everything that you just learned about Adam and realize that every one of us are children of Adam. But it just it's not just meaning a man, a, a physical being. It's the essence of what it is to be human. We're all children of that, right? It could also be said, I amness, individualized self of primordial human I amness. Okay. Individual expression of the one sacred expression, unity in diversity. That's another way of translating the, the word God is unity in diversity. Okay, this one I love the most. Son of man is the child, the descendant or the heir of primordial human being. Mm -hmm. I amness, whose principle, purpose, and action is wrapped up in the birthright and responsibility to realize, rebuild, and repair the family name and bring the sacred reality to the physical dimension. Remember I said our frustration is the invitation to find the hidden treasure of who we are. And this is the true meaning behind another ancient saying. It says that the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. Okay, And you are the child of humanity. Son of Man. Child of humanity. Child of Adam. It's you. You came to seek and save that which is lost. What's lost? Our identity, your identity, which has nothing to do with gender and everything to do with conscious awareness and the balancing thereof. 
based on everything we've learned so far, I hope that we might be realizing that you, I hope you might be realizing that you are the sacred reality in the physical dimension. Nothing in the world, in our educational system, in our, in our systems, are telling us any of this, right? So we'll leave this room and we're back in the matrix and it's easy to forget. But even the forgetfulness is part of the journey, right? The frustration is the opportunity to look within. Another one, uh, another ancient saying found in what's called the Lord's Prayer is your kingdom come, your will be done. Kingdom is a term that means that place you visited in the meditation. That's the kingdom. Also, but, ooh, and more accurately, it's actually a feminine term. So queendom is, is more accurate there. It is the queendom of God. That place comes to earth through you because you are one with that place, right? You just entered right in, no problem. You, you know it, you know how to use it. It is you. The will of God comes to earth through you because you are the will of God. This is creation. This is manifestation. This is how we realize, rebuild, and repair the family name and bring the sacred reality to the physical dimension. So as the Genesis story goes, there's a garden in Eden, which Garden of Eden means the realm of bliss or the place of perfect mind or true mindset. It's the place you entered in meditation. It represents the core of human consciousness. And in this realm of bliss, there are two trees, okay, more duality, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. And knowledge leads to increased duality because it's the knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> so it's important to know that it, so far in the, in the story, Eve has not been created, right? She is part of Adam. Adam is male and female. Hmm. So the potential is present in Adam. Eve more accurately pronounced Ava or even Awa. She's the mother of life. She is universal awareness. She is sacred feminine. She is the epitome of breathing and activity. So when we say conscious awareness, we're saying Adam and Eve. Conscious awareness. It is the two of them that creates this realm of bliss, the state of perfect mind. They are in balance with one another. You are conscious awareness. You are Adam and Eve. Don't let either one of them Get out of whack. <laughs> Balance. So it does say, finally in the story, it says that God made woman from the rib, from Adam's rib. And Adam said, or actually, sorry, it doesn't say Adam anymore. Because remember, Adam is referring to mankind. Now it literally does say man. So now it's starting to, di to differentiate that God made woman from the man's rib. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. For she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife. They become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. They are one. 
They're perfectly balanced. Bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh is like saying, you come right from me. You are me. Man and woman, masculine and feminine, appear to be different and separate, but we are the same substance. I've been doing a series on social media called What is Love? And so talking about man and woman being one seems to beg some questions about love. I'd like to try to offer you this definition of love, and it's wordy, <laughs> but I, I think it's a good one. Okay, love, the simple, resistance-free, awareness of goodwill and affection within, for, and as sacred unity. Another way of translating the three-letter word, right? God. Can you do that again? The simple, resistance-free awareness of goodwill and affection within, for, and as sacred unity. Okay, that's sentence number one. <laughs> the second sentence, love, the interdependent one in the sameness of unity in diversity. The third sentence, love. The essence and nature of the cooperative, interconnected, self-worthy universe. The fourth sentence, love. The great connection and affection principle. It took a lot of study in Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic to, to, for that to come alive. So man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. It's like saying a child is connected to its parents, right? No problem. But they're meant to have a unique experience of the miraculous unity with someone else, right? Masculine and feminine are one and the same, but we struggle to realize this in our diverse paradigm, right? All that stuff in the beginning about how it was all created, all the duality, Self-knowledge is, is the key. Self-knowledge is the key to making peace with the duality. In the same way, husbands, this is another ancient writing from a book called Ephesians. It says, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body. <laughs> so again, it's saying, look, this is like, it's, it's right here. You're not separate. You're meant to be in balance. They are meant to understand and utilize their sacred unity from which they find the greatest fulfillment and satisfaction. Another one is that said is honor thy mother and father or honor thy father and mother, right? Have you heard that one before? It's a very old saying from the book of Exodus, an ancient Hebrew saying. To say honor your father is to say honor Adam, which is to say honor consciousness. And to say honor mother is to say honor Eve, honor awareness. How do we do that? We, re we remember their unity. That's how we honor father and mother. 
Remember, they are pillars of the human psyche. They are who and what you are as one. And to deny them or to deny one of them is to deny your own true identity. Our culture is full of this right now. Wanting to deny one or the other or manipulate one or the other or quiet one or the other. But then you're denying your your very birthright. You're denying the very foundation of life. Ego will then overshadow your identity and take over your birthright like an imposter who sits on the throne of your life. So Adam and Eve, they're both dynamic, but in very unique ways, right? In the garden, Adam is perfectly in touch with simple presence. Again, that place that we went to, that simple presence. The here and now. He's very much embedded in and content with the sacred reality. Eve is perfectly in touch with noticing details, creating new things, and having new experiences. Again, Adam is consciousness. Eve, or Ava, is awareness. And together they represent the perfect mind, the perfect balance of consciousness and awareness. The Garden of Eden represents the original and true state of the mind, the pure bliss of conscious awareness, the true reality of the one mind, which is your essence. You have not been given a mind of confusion, fear, doubt, disbelief, arrogance, imbalance, injustice, division, or hate. That is not the mind you've been given. You've been given the mind of pure love and creative, peaceful power. You are that. You are one with that as that. But there's another character we have to talk about in this mythical story. By the way, in English, at least for us today, the word myth seems to mean something that's not true, perhaps, right? Mm -hmm. But in, in, in its ancient definition, myth is just, it's like saying an archetypal story. It's like saying we're looking for myth holds the principles of our life. It's, it's not a matter of true and false or real or not. It's, it's the power of the story, okay? Okay. There was another character in that garden called the serpent. It says the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that were made. And the serpent said to the woman, did God really say you can't eat from all the, the trees in the garden? And the woman said, well, we can eat from the trees in the garden, but God said not to eat from that one tree in the middle of the garden, that if we touch it, we will die. And the serpent says, you're not going to die. <laughs> because God knows when you eat from that tree, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye. Oh, and you have to re re recognize that the serpent knew that Eve is the one who has the curiosity and wants the new experiences, right? Uh, this trick isn't going to work with Adam. <laughs> so the battle begins. <laughs> so she took some and ate it, and she gave to her husband, and he ate it. Mm. And the eyes of both of them were opened. 
right? Now they can discern good and evil. And they once were unashamed of their nakedness, but now they're making fig loins or something. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this word serpent. In ancient Aramaic, it means the aspect of a person's mind that winds around itself and becomes self-involved, greedy or selfish. The part or aspect of self that creates false beliefs, lies, and false personalities based in a loss of or unawareness of identity. The adversary, or that which causes one to, to turn aside or go astray. In Hebrew, it means enchanter and whisperer of spells. This is the ego. When we... Yes, okay, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> the serpent is the fear causer and tempter within humanity's mental construct. So I've talked about consciousness and awareness as pillars of this perfect mind, and then there's the ego involved also. Mm. What does the serpent want? Control of your birthright. The sacred power of your creative mind. How does the serpent or ego gain all of that? By causing confusion and by misleading, by mistruths and lies, all born out of self-ignorance. As long as you don't know who you are, you'll fall for the, the tricks, you know? But... If you start to realize how ego, the serpent, works in your life, you'll realize that it's the same cards being played in the game. And just pay attention. You'll start to see it's always the same stuff. And it never ends. It doesn't end. But you can become the master. So the tree that Adam and Eve ate from, it spread duality into human perception and therefore potential confusion for finite minds. Self-knowledge, self-love, and wisdom are how we keep that potential confusion under control. Discovering, remembering, and knowing who you are is the whole reason you're here because out of that, you recognize you not only have the power of creative possibility, you are the power of creative possibility and therefore can create the life you absolutely love. And that means we can change the world. The first two pillars, consciousness and awareness, they're divine. They make us divine, right? The third one makes us fallible. Ego is the reason why we create the illusion that difference is a problem. Right? Okay. Remember... God said, let there be light, and there's day and night and darkness and, and sun and the moon, and all we said, it is good. Ego is the reason why we see duality and think it's, it's not so great. There's a problem here. You're different than me. The truth is it is good. Ego is why we are divisive. Ego is why we find it difficult to feel loved and to love. Ego is why humans hate themselves. Any fear, doubt, or disbelief is the ego. If there's... Yeah. Any fear, doubt, or disbelief is the ego. Ego is why we create divisive divisive arguments, a 
philosophies, political agendas, right? Just ways of arguing back and forth. It's all ego. Ego causes havoc and destabilizes everything which prevents us from expressing our unity. And as long as we don't know, don't understand, and don't perceive, don't discern who we are, we suffer. There is beauty in our diversity. We see this in a garden, right? Like we appreciate the beauty of a garden, not because everything's the same, but because there's variety and there's colors and species and it's, it's beautiful. We recognize it in nature. We notice it in artwork. But self-ignorance and ego is why we can't see it in ourselves. There's a garden right here. There's artwork right here. And I'm less inclined to say, oh, how beautiful <laughs> than I am when I walk into a garden, you know? It's like, oh, I just want to sit here for hours and journal. This is so wonderful. I want to take pictures. And I'm, I'm less inclined to want to take a picture of you guys. If we integrate our polarities so only one is seen and so only one is left, then the world can change. We can stop seeing otherness and the need for comparison. Hmm. And then we will overcome. If you integrate your polarities so only one is seen, so only one is left, then you can transform your life. When you stop seeing otherness and the need for comparison, you will overcome. Love yourself. Love your masculinity. There's nothing wrong with it. Love your femininity. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm going to, let's see. Love your femininity. There's nothing wrong with it. Love your masculinity. There's nothing wrong with it. We've been led culturally we're fighting against the extremes of, of these things, right? Masculinity and femininity or patriarchy and matriarchy. We're fighting against the extreme. Our awakening is calling us to seek their balance within the person while still loving, connecting with, having affection for the dominant energy we were born in. You're not here to reject anything about the self. You're not here to reject anything about yourself. Because as we've learned, all fear, doubt, disbelief, negativity is from the ego. Saying there's a problem with this or there's a problem with that. Our negative feelings don't arise from self-knowledge. They arise from self-ignorance. Making the two into one is to say, make peace. We must consciously get beyond polarity or duplicity and get back to singularity, another way of translating God. 
the sacred, sacred unity, the highest dimension that is also conscious awareness or perfect mind, which you were able to consciously enter and utilize. Stillness and movement, heaven and earth, yin and yang, father and mother, sun and moon, left and right, up and down, hot and cold, inner and outer, inhale and exhale, above and below, presence and action, connection and affection, giving and receiving, being and doing, cause and effect, equinox and solstice, vibration and harmony. These are just normal, natural things, right? Like, there's no problem with duality, except in the human mind. Men and women, the sun and the moon, they each have their own unique purpose, and life is hoping we will properly identify with and love, because that's how we access our true power, by making peace with our diversity and seeing how they unify as one. There's, there are certainly injustices that we would prefer to see changed, and I hope to communicate that how the change begins is with you and I. Our systems are ego-based. So our fight is not with humans. Our fight is with the ego. Our fight is not with one another. There's something that we're all carrying, and I'm responsible to fight with my ego, and you're responsible to fight with yours. So when we come together, we know that we know how to deal with the warring conversation that may be happening in here about difference in opinion and all these types of things. The dance of masculine and feminine does not end. The dance of masculine and feminine requires constant awareness in knowing when it's time to submit, defer, or take a back seat, and when it's time to step forward, direct, and lead. Knowing when it's time to pilot and knowing when it's time to co-pilot, right? There's a time when I have to do either or, and I have to be ready to shift. And I think the yin and yang symbol, the perfect example of how, the, how fluid that needs to be. So we would like to make peace. We would just like to make peace. Making the two into one requires integration. Letting outdated false beliefs rest in peace, which is kind of what you did when you left the issues and problems under your chair. It allows us to awaken to a greater understanding of truth. So, to end, if you are a son, you are also a friend, husband, dad, brother, uncle, nephew. Now make all of that into one. Make peace with them by just making them into one, right? And he's like, yeah, of course, I'm one. If you are a daughter, you're also a friend, wife, mom, aunt, niece. Make peace with all of that, knowing that they are just one. Acknowledge that balance is your nature and then take notice when the imbalance begins. Any discomfort or agitation is the imbalance. Just breathe, go within, let ego know you're aware of the game that's starting up. The discomfort is the sign, it's the opportunity to go, I'm not feeling great, okay, what's ego up to now? <laughs> Other ways to bring balance, healing trauma, 
Creativity. Allow art to pour from within in whatever form it does for you. Movement, right? Yoga, Tai Chi, dance, breathing practices, movement, meditation. Bringing all of the experiences that I just said about trauma and creativity and movement into your sexual experience with someone who is also in the process of learning to balance. This is a way of learning the balance, how these things work together. There's a great book there'd be a <laughs> called The Identity Process by Lance Howard. <laughs> if you feel inspired by this, then do something about it, okay? And do it right now. If you feel ready to bring balance to your life, to live your dreams and empower your success, don't hesitate. Reach out to me. Thank you guys. Thank you. Let's give it a